Hello, this is episode 226 of the Purple Psychology Podcast. I'm Dr. Nisha O'Reilly. This episode is on racism and Irish identity. I've needed the energy to settle in me before recording this podcast. So you may have noticed a bit of a gap in the last week. This is a podcast where you need to listen to the end and not make assumptions. So I noticed a really interesting phenomenon over the summer as people started to talk about the Black Lives Matter campaign in Ireland. There was a number of Instagram accounts that were set up with stories from black people and other ethnic origins as well, discussing their experiences. And there have been a number of really prominent racial attacks as well. And those haven't just been to black people. There was a Chinese woman targeted by a group of teens. There was a Brazilian delivery cyclists run over and killed. There's obviously been one black man shot and another black teen has been stabbed, a 15-year-old. And that's what comes to my mind in just, you know, over the last few months in Ireland. But what was interesting in the Instagram stories was there was always a recurring theme where The person telling their story talked about the fact that the Irish people got to a point where they said something really sort of naff like, oh, we forget you're not one of us, or we think you're just the same, or we forget that you're not white. And though I read that in other contexts and other places, I think it's slightly different in an Irish context, because I think if we have a failing in Ireland, it's that we like people to become like us, And in one sense, it's very embracing, and in another sense, it's very insulting. But I think it's packaged up in a lot. And I think what we're really trying to say to people is that it's not that we don't want you to be black or brown or Asian. It's not that we want you to be white. We'd like you to be Irish. And I think there's an aspect with Irish people that we always take our identity and our culture with us. They really matter. And I think there have been so many points in our history where aspects of ourselves are being mocked and ridiculed, especially by the British. And there is so much of our identity that's been lost. And I spoke about this a few months ago where there were signs in the UK that read no blacks, no Irish, no docks. So we were on the same footing. And somebody reminded me recently in a conversation that they felt that the the Irish were always the blacks of Europe, which is a very un-PC and quite shocking comment to make. But in a way, we are always mocked within Europe in certain ways. And there are so many aspects of our culture and our language and our identity that have been eradicated over the centuries. First, in terms of many of our Celtic and pagan traditions and our connections to the seasons, that are really struggling to survive. And actually I'm seeing more of a revival in that recently. There is a sense of that having been taken over by the church and Catholicism. There's a sense of losing the Irish language, which is not, I think a lot of people try to translate it directly to the English. And I think when, it was only when I went to to college in the West of Ireland that I 
started to develop an appreciation for the Irish language because it's not something that you translate from one to the other, even though we're kind of thought it that way in school. It's a language that's very lyrical and there are many expressions. So a lot of our expressions that we use in Ireland, even in English, are translated directly from the Irish expressions and those ways of talking and that cultural aspect. And I think a lot of that has been eradicated. Um, and a lot of that has been lost, a lot of that sense of how we speak and how we communicate and how we see in many different ways. And I also always say that we've never got over the family as well. So there are many aspects of Irish identity which we're struggling to keep alive. And every time when we go to somewhere, you only have to look at the impact of Patrick's Day throughout the world to see the impact of the Irish taking their culture with them. And unfortunately, so much of that is associated with drink, which is a whole other conversation. But in a way, as I started to think about this and talk it out with myself, I realised that this is the aspect of Ireland that I actually struggle with. We are so conditional in the way that we think and in what we want from people. And some of the cultures here, I've noticed that the Asian community in particular, have been better at navigating this and better at navigating how to become more Irish. But in all honesty, why should you have to? Why should we have those conditions? But well, we are hugely conditional people. And that is one of the reasons why I do struggle in Ireland myself. I don't like conditional parenting. And where we could give a masterclass to the world in the conditions of parenting in Ireland. But we apply it to so much. So in one sense, we think that we're embracing other cultures, embracing people, but we're only doing that, providing it fulfills our conditions and our expectations. And personally, as an Irish person, when I lived in the UK on and off, I experienced a huge level of racism towards me as an Irish person. And that has changed beyond belief. You know, there was a point where I hadn't been in the UK for seven years and I went back and it was a completely different story. And so many people in the UK have origins in Ireland, but we would never have had those conversations. You would never have had people who worked in shops who admitted to you, oh, my grandmother was from Cork and so on. But you started to have those conversations. But I'm wondering what those conversations will look like now post-Brexit and how much of that will have changed again. But what's really upset me in the last couple of weeks is watching the people on my social media. And like, so, social media is an interesting one for me. If I don't follow you, if I don't know you and I don't follow you, with a few very, very exceptions, that's probably a good thing. Because for me, social media is a social study. So I do follow people I know. And then I follow everyone else as a, a sense of engaging in how people see the world. It's, it's a portal into the universe for me. But there are some people on my social media who I have have crossed paths with in various different ways over the last few years. And they are people that are involved in education and involved in educating young minds and forming young minds. And they have put up or commented on news articles with exceedingly racist, disgusting comments over the last few weeks. And I really struggled with that. And so I'm not surprised that the black teens in particular in Ireland at the moment are looking to outside Ireland for a role model and for a sense of identity because in one sense the Irish people around them are being hugely conditional, you know, become one of us. And they're like, they, that translates to them as become white. And it's like, no, obviously, they're not going, why, why should you lose your own identity? 
And on the other hand, you have people who are educators and in classrooms with them who, when it has really come down to the wire, all of their unconscious bias and their disgusting racism has come out to the fore. And so, of course, they're not going to take their roles or their lead from these people. Like, the reality is that I have no doubt with the incident that happened recently in Blanchardstown, which is Dublin 15, which is important, I'll go back to that in a second. I have no doubt that if that had happened in another area of Dublin 15, say the Georgian village, and if you're not from Ireland, you don't know that, so it's, it's quite, it's a predominantly white area, it's very well to do, but it's still within the same catchment, postcode. I have no doubt that if that incident had happened in the Georgian village and the guards had been called to it, that the person wouldn't be dead, that they wouldn't have been shot. You know, people's minds break in the same way as breaking someone's arm. I always say that to people. Your mind is just as delicate as the bones in your body, and anything can happen. And I have worked with white teens who have had the privilege of having episodes like that man had, and had the privilege of sorting out their life and having a second chance. And when the guards were called to their home, they weren't shot. And that is a reality of it. And so when you have someone, when you have family members from Nigeria standing on the government building steps and asking for an inquiry into that, and I know that I'm not supposed to live in a police state, a state with armed guards, as the norm. And they're asking for an inquiry into that. That seems quite a reasonable thing to happen. Because I have worked with situations that have had the privilege of turning out completely different. And as his sister said, he needed help, not bullets. And five bullets and three of those in his body is extreme. And I don't see anything wrong with calling for an inquiry into that. And I don't know how anybody who is a teacher can write on a news article that that isn't something to require. And there is a part of me that wants to mute people on social media or wants to defriend them or not look at what they're saying. And then I remind myself, as I wrote about this a few weeks ago, black people don't get a day off. They didn't get the privilege of muting this. And so I don't mute it and I do take it in and I do watch it. And... I spend a week or two digesting it and I try to, to put it out in a context for people so that they can really see what's happening here. But we are hugely conditional in Ireland of how we accept other cultures. We want you to become like us.